The guest today has 20 million followers on social media. I hope you heard that number right, 20 million followers. He considers himself a virtual pastor. And let me tell you, for those that do not think that people in ministry can be entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs can't be in ministry, we are going to blow that theory out of the water today. Welcome to Seek Go Create, redefine success in leadership, business, and ministry. This has been such an incredible month. The anniversary, the one-year anniversary celebration, we're celebrating the whole month too. It's kind of like kind of like my wife. She doesn't have a birthday. She has a birthday week, and many times she likes to have a birthday month. We're doing the same thing at Seek Go Create. We are celebrating our one-year anniversary the entire month of October and probably beyond. If you're listening to this after October, you still need to you still need to participate because we're probably going to continue this celebration. Here's what we're doing. We're launching a YouTube channel. We're starting a Facebook group. We're opening up a merchandise. We're going to open up a Seatco Create store. We're going to be selling t-shirts and long sleeve shirts and mugs and stickers and, and some other things that have our branding on that. And we think it's really cool. I am very, very excited about it. And I would love to give you a t-shirt or a mug or some other things that we're giving away. So all you have to do to participate is go to seekgocreate.com. That's seekgocreate.com. And we also have a link down in the show notes if you need to get to it there. But go to seekgocreate.com. And at the very top, the bar up top, put in your best email address and you will be in the running for our prizes. You'll be kept up to date on all the new and cool things that are happening. And you'll just be part of the community, which we'd love to welcome you into the Seek Go Create community. And hopefully you'll get some prizes. So thanks for doing that. Let's go ahead and get started with this week's interview. Today we have Rashawn Copeland as our guest. Rashawn is the founder of I'm So Blessed Daily and Without Walls Ministry. He's a writer for Church Leaders, Inspire More, and The God's Not Dead blog. He's also the host of the Scripture and Stories podcast on the Converge Podcast Network. He's a graduate of the University of Central Oklahoma, currently <laughs> earning his MDiv at Liberty. He lives in Oklahoma City and his wife, he and his wife, Denise, and their three children. Rashawn, welcome to Seek, Go, Create. Tim, thank you so much for having me, bro. I've been pumped about our time together and just, just to get to know you even more, bro. I'm excited. Well, we're going to have a lot of fun. I tell you what, we've got so many things to cover. I'm a note taker, so I already thought of something I wanted to ask you that wasn't in my original notes. So uh, that's cool. My first question I like to ask before I get too far along here is I gave the bio and I actually could have given so much more. I mean, you've got massive social media following. You're so inspiring. You got so many cool things I'll ask you about in a little bit. But just in your own words, you and I bump into each other somewhere and we're on an elevator maybe or if we could, you know, in the in the COVID world that we're in now. But and I just look over to you and say, hey, Rashawn, man, you got a great smile, man. I love I'd love to hear just what do you do? Tell me just real quick, what do you do? 
Love it, Tim. So if it was the elevator pitch, what I would say uh, simply is I'm a minister who writes and a writer who preaches. So I never see myself coming to this place where my minister, I used to run from God, from people, but, but, but I'm so thankful that God's grace is so good. And, you know, I reflect where I am now. I don't deserve it. So I'll just sit on that. I'm a minister who writes and a writer who preaches. <laughs> wow. Well, that, that is, I think you've covered a lot of cool things that are going to get people's attention. And so, mm. uh, so I'm going to go ahead and dive right into that because I saw somewhere when I was just kind of checking you out and poking around that you you mentioned, and I don't know if this was a mission statement or if it was just something that you had a heart for, but you said yeah. that you wanted to make love go viral. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Well, it's just something that's needed most. Like, unless we walk with Jesus, uh, we can never share his love with the world. And I wanted to sort of be you know, that person who, who, who is helping, not, not hurting the mission of God, which is to make love go viral and also truth in love, but to make love go viral, everyone's longing for love. We're looking for our affections and everything, but love himself, which is Jesus. And I just want that to be the sort of the anthem of my life, you know? Yeah. I like that. And you, um, you've built, a lot of your stuff online. A lot of your story is online, isn't it? Yes, big time. Ooh, probably too much. But well, I mean, well, I, I guess I was going to ask that question because, you know, I'm I'm kind of from a generation where we actually can remember before online, and now we're seeing after online. And you know, I'm seeing some people that are younger now, and they don't they don't know the difference. It's everything's online, so. Yeah. So, uh, so talk to me about that. I mean, cause you, you use the term online pastor and, and yeah. some things like that. And I'm going to ask you, I've got some of your numbers here in a little while with your followers and all that. I'm going to get some people's attention and tell you to maybe share with us how you've developed that influence. But talk to me about online pastoring mm -hmm. online, just world. Love it. So I'll start off with online pastoring brother. Like again, um, I was a, a, a hedonist. Like, I, I am super shocked that I'm a Christian. Like, I'm blown away <laughs> that I'm a Christian right now. And I'm even more shocked that I'm a minister and I'm an author. And I'm, you know, doing all these things position-wise. And before all that, I'm a son. But I just wanted to allow God to use me the way he impacted me. I was at my last leg. I was about to commit suicide. I was out in Los Angeles about to take my life. And God uses literally a cell phone to to really wake me up and it was the social media app where there was the this christian girl i never had um you know i never had really had a great conversation with her but she had wrote literally yeah something that blew my mind it was a verse and it said oh how wide how deep how vast the love of god is and nothing in all creation can separate us from this love that's found in christ jesus and as i began reading and reading i started weeping and weeping it changed everything and that was through social media that's why i'm so passionate to reach people uh who need this message of hope and life and grace so and and that's where he met me so i gotta go share it so you, know you the gospel. so you met him 
within that online world. So it seemed like it was just a natural progression for you to begin sharing that message in a similar way. Is that what I'm kind of hearing? Oh yeah, for sure. It was just natural. Like, um, um, I was rescued radically, quote unquote, to rescue radically. And I feel like if it wasn't for God meeting and meeting me, not where I pretended to be, but where I actually was, because I pretended to be that guy who had a beautiful home in the valley. I mean, those were true things, a G-Wagon, all this stuff and this career, this job, praises of people. But deep down in my heart and my soul, I was losing it. And I'm so thankful that he met me where I actually was, which was right in my mess. And he loved me through it and he let me out of it. That's why I can't help but to do the same, meet people right where they are, not even where they pretend to be, but just love them where they are. Not that I know where they are, but you know. Well, they're all over and they could be anywhere now with all this technology that we have. You know, the interesting thing about it, I was actually interviewed on a podcast earlier today and the question Mm. came up about about my connecting with the Father and my connecting with Jesus Christ and becoming a follower of Christ. And my story is 30 plus years ago, I actually met him at a business conference. So I didn't meet him in a church, didn't meet him. Yeah, I was at at a big Coliseum with a bunch of other people. And the reason I bring it up, Rashawn, is because that is part of my DNA to share my faith in a business setting. I don't and I don't yeah. think you do either. I don't turn it on, on or off. And I don't really, I don't know that I could have really been, I mean, listen, God can do anything, but I'm, yes, not sir. Sure, I'm not sure that church is the place that he would have gotten my attention. What are your thoughts? Ooh, that's the same, bro. You couldn't catch me in a church. I was far <laughs> from anything religious building. Uh, he literally had to relationally encounter me in a way uh, that I, I couldn't, I couldn't, yeah, no person, no preacher, nobody was involved. I experienced the love of God in, in my deepest, darkest wound. It, it dazzled me. Yeah. So, so I want to, I can't get off this encounter that you had because mm. it sounds like, you know, you, you know, you, there was this, there was this girl that you were either connected to or knew or whatever. And, and there was an app and then bam, she said something. Were you... Now looking back on it, were you being prepared for that? Was it like super bolt of lightning? I hate to say that with a thunderstorm mm. going on behind me. <laughs> I, I need to be careful here. In your RV. <laughs> In my RV. At least there's tires on it, so maybe I'm protected. I don't know, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, in looking back on it, I think we all want to say that the salvation experience was an event. But, but really our lives are, are a process. So you were probably being prepared. Did you have any clue that might, that might happen or was it that much of a shock? It was totally a shock. Oh my. It was totally a shock. <laughs> now, now, what was beautiful about it, I knew there were seeds planted in my life from the years before, whenever I was the college, uh, future college football star, I just signed a letter of intent. And I was literally, it felt like in the mountain top of uh, life and quote unquote success. I was headed that direction. However, you know, one night I was hanging with the young lady, another 
huge part of my testimony, but I didn't know she had an ex-boyfriend and I was gunned down. I was shot down twice, left for dead. And this was the first time God sort of like, oh, like, like, whoa, there's, there's an eternity. Like there's something on the other side of this life. Cause I almost lost my life that night. And it, I took life with great serious, seriousness, you know, I took it very serious and I understood the brevity of life. And at that point I understood that I'm not going to live forever. It humbled me. Now, fast forward, you know, I sort of drifted to the Lord. I started seeking the Lord. I understood the grace of God better, but I drifted off because I wasn't being discipled. People weren't pouring into me and things like that. But it always had this little knock on the door of my heart, like Jesus is, is trying to enter, but I'm not letting him in all the way up into that moment. So he was working on me for years, but I was that prodigal son who had that great famine in the land. And I finally came to my senses that night though. And, and, and I guess that was that sort of surprise moment, sure. but I already knew I was far off in a foreign land. I just didn't know when was God going to wreck me and woo, you know, humble me, but I knew it was so, coming. So this right. is a, this is a little bit off some of the conversation, but I think it's, I think it's pertinent. What was growing up like? Was there any, we'll call them church folk. Was there any church people <laughs> around you or were y'all just all out in the world? Or did you have a, a grandmother somewhere that had been praying for you that you found out later? <clears throat> she wasn't going to let you get too far away. Love it. That's a great question. Now, back at home, there was church folk in Oklahoma. There was church folk I was around and, you know, uh, some of it was more religious routine. Some of it was true devoted followers of Jesus. However, um, yeah, when I got to LA, it was a totally different picture. I mean, I was around more Satan worshipers and worshipers of self than anything close to the God of the Holy Bible. A lot of the universe and the, you know, the secret and, you know, all that stuff. I was hanging around the new age folks more than the Christians. Now, but what's beautiful about it is that those seeds that were planted when I was in Oklahoma, you know, uh, people who would pray over me and for me and teammates that had influenced me for Christ. That's why I love FCA and what all that they do for the community and, you know, and also um, in colleges. But also I had ROTC buddies that would pray over me even when we would go on land nav, nav tech test and all that but it was always god was always sending a man of faith or a woman of faith to encourage me educate me and almost equip me for that moment so yeah that that shows you the divine hand that god has but you mentioned yeah. something i'm gonna ask you you kind of threw it out quick but i'm gonna go back you mentioned people that were religious versus people that uh yeah were kind of followers of christ and I'm not going to ask you to call names or anything like that yeah. and say like, well, Uncle Joe was this and Aunt Sally was here and whatever. But <laughs> I think this is vital in the world today to me. So good. Yeah. And so I want to dig just a little deeper on this one point because I think it impacted you later. And 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 you were seeking some things out when you went to Hollywood because I think we're all seeking. I think everybody's seeking. Come on, bro. You know yeah. what I mean? So good. And, uh, yeah. man, I'm going to put that, I think I might name a podcast seek. Oh, I already did. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you so, anyway, did. so, uh, <laughs> but, but tell me the difference because you obviously now know the difference. Maybe you didn't at the time, or maybe you did. What's the difference between those two groups 
And, and listen, we're not going to trample on them, but we're just going to observe and say this group, religion, this group, relationship or whatever, however you want to distinguish Ooh. it, however you said it. I love it, man. And I talk in my book a little bit into this a little bit uh, because, you know, this aspect of starting where you are and there's many people on different paths and I see it almost in four groups, bro. Uh, number one is the hedonist, which is, which is me. If the church can benefit me, I'll jump in it. I'll be a part of it. If it satisfied my passions or my emotions to a certain degree, I'm all for it. It's like, you know, the fun lover. Uh, and then you got the fault finding judgmentalists. You know, you have people uh, who compare themselves to other people. And, you know, the Bible says it's not wise. Paul talks about it's more of a finger pointer uh, within the church. And we all get distracted in, in that at some point, I think at some level, and we got to really watch it. And then you have the rock stacking sort of legalists. The person uh, who is more like, I'm going to save myself. It's all about what I can do in my own strength, you know? And uh, like I was that guy early off in my walk. Like I always would try to measure my merits towards what God, like compete with God for, for you know, I can't compete with his grace. And I used to try to. And I would say the last one is the grace-driven Christian, the one who uh, entrusts himself fully to Christ. And out of that, the Holy Spirit sort of empowers them to live out and walk out uh, from a place of, you know, grace and humility versus trying to do it all on your own. So, yeah, the difference is the last one seeks God and doesn't trust in themselves or in, you know, yeah, yeah, and their own passions and sure. desires and things like that. Yeah, so that, that's, that's what I would say. That's really good. All right. So then the question I have is thinking back to growing up or your early years, whatever. Yeah. Did you run across many of those grace driven, fully mm. committed to Christ people? And I, and, and I know I want to be careful with this because, you know, we got family yeah. and all that may listen in and I don't, I don't want us to get slipped back up into that, you know, the, the judgmentalist. That's not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to make yeah. it. But my, my point is, which one is the most attractive? Oh, come on, brother. You already know the grace driven Christian. You know, there's something about when you understand uh, that everything has been done for you and you're operating out of a place of sonship uh, rather than legal like le being a legalist like knowing that you're a child a beloved child of god should should out of love get you to act upon what jesus has already done for you rather than you trying to win something or do something in your own merit your own strength because it becomes exhausting and it becomes yeah tiring to try to walk this walk out all by yourself you know and I, I i just know it won't ever work you know the law crushes you know and trying to live that way is like terrible i've been there especially at the beginning of my walk because i always was a competitor i was the military guy i was a high school athlete i was you know yeah driven by comparison my whole life until the holy spirit came in and convicted me and convinced me that jesus is the only way he's the truth he's the life and no one you know gets to the father but through him so we need to yeah. go him his way yeah, yeah that, that's cool and i think what we're finding is that number four there that grace driven fully committed to christ that yeah. actually is what will make love go viral am i am i reading yes. that right Oh, you better preach it, Brother Tim. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> cool. 
Well, uh, listen, I, I've got a lot of things that I want to cover here. I've got a awesome storm going on behind me, so uh, our listeners may or may not be able to listen in on that, but I, I will get to this in a little. I want to read some stats for the listener. Okay. And uh, personally, these are these might even be a little bit dated now. I saw that you have over 85,000 followers on Facebook. Without Walls Ministries has over 962,000 followers, over 30,000 on Instagram, 222,000 on Twitter. Viral posts, you've talked about 20 million plus followers across all platforms. And later, I'm going to ask you how that happened. So I just wanted to, truthfully, I was getting people's attention is what I was doing right here. Yeah. Because wow. there's some people that are loving this conversation and some people are saying, can you get to some business stuff because we're in all areas and I just wanted to get maybe some of those other people's attention. But I'm going to talk about influence, but there is a question I have got to ask before anything else. And that is soldier boy. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, I remember those days. I'm far from that. Now, uh, tell me, some people are going, what is going on now? Where did this go? 56-year-old, <laughs> old white dude bringing up Soldier Boy. But wow. tell us, at what point now, I know there's a lot of significant things that went on in your life. And yeah. this may or may not be a big deal. I think we're, we'll just have fun with it. What happened there? And you were the hype? Were you the hype man? Were you a hype man for him? Yeah, I signed uh, with this agency out in New York called Fabrizio Agency to, to be a hype man for Soldier Boy. And I spent some time, you know, in that space for, for a while. And eventually, by the grace of God, it was right near the season I found Christ and I got out of there. But it was a crazy time. I mean, you talk about the L.A. lifestyle, you know, the flashy lifestyle and that others envied. And I love the fact that others envied it. My heart was in a dark Dark place and you know I perform for everything but the audience of one I perform for everyone but him and it was it was terrible I was losing my soul in the process <laughs> and I'm so glad God redeemed all right me. I've, I've got to ask two things here to kind of help my listener because I know our demographics they stretch uh, that we have a wide range of people listening but okay. there are people that may not know what a hype man is, and they mm. may not know Soldier Boy. So just Love real it. quickly, tell us, because people are going to go, they're going to go, what's a hype man? So tell us. Yeah. <laughs> so a hype man, and I heard that thunder. You Ooh, did. No, yeah, it's, like, it's bang, I man. It. Let's, right Love when it. we said hype man, bam. <laughs> bang. That's there what a hype man it. is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> blowing stuff up but uh yeah so hype man is basically an mc it's uh someone who who basically works alongside the dj and also the artist but works in favor of the crowd uh basically is that you know connection between the artist and the crowd and and really getting the crowd pumped just to put it in layman's turn like get, getting them crunk and pumped and you know uh making sure they don't lose a beat. It's like the storyteller, the host of what the show, like a show would be or something. With a lot of yeah. energy though, right? A lot of With energy. With a lot of energy. Hype. That's where you get that word hype man from. What? 
and people <laughs> dig that stuff and then get them all ready yeah. to, to crank that soldier boy up right crank you. there you go yeah glorified mc some oh, people yeah. i will just make people do this they just need to do a youtube search on crank that soldier boy they just need to do a search on it and they got it so boy. so so here's the deal though there are a lot of people that would listen and go you know dang he was like not the pinnacle i mean i know listen there's that's one of the problems with that lifestyle is there is no top there it's insatiable yeah. there's an insatiableness to it because you can never reach full satisfaction in my opinion but uh but a lot of people would say man he's arrived you're on stage you got a microphone you got people going crazy at concerts but but you said something mm. about a darkness yeah what was it like what was i'll ask this question what was your soul and your flesh like when you were on the stage and then what was it like in the quiet times during wow. that season that's a great question i wrestled between sort of the glorious lights and the the dark secret shadows of the reality of what was happening and that's something that always i've seen as a conflict um between the two um i would definitely say you know when i was on stage it felt as if like man i was being quote unquote worship and because i was being quote unquote worship it felt like I was in the right place. It felt good. It felt right. But at the end of the day, I knew that my own heart was made for worship, but it wasn't to worship myself. Like then the day there was something that didn't sit right to me when I was quiet off in, in a room and my heart was full with anxiety because it was all about me, me, me. And I was, I was truly miserable because I was like, what? Like, dude, I, I'm in this house, but I feel so empty. You know, and I, I like, at the end of the day, I realized that my heart was made to worship God and him alone. And I finally got back to that place. And yeah, I love what, uh, what is his name? Um, uh, uh, Adams, no, no, it wasn't Adam Sandler. It was Drew Carey or someone said, he said, I wish everyone had an opportunity to be famous, quote unquote. So they realize how empty it truly is. And it was just, and I, I wasn't even that famous, but I was literally on my way. Um, I was on my, it felt like on my way to, to that. And I was still terribly miserable where I was. Yeah. And um, it's just, it's so interesting how we begin defining success at a young yeah. age, because it sounds to me like you've had some success in athletics. I think yeah, you athletics have background in military. You've been out in Hollywood. What about, I mean, this is a little bit of a personal question, answer, whatever, but, you know, sometimes there's fame, but there's not a lot of money with it. Sometimes yeah. people make a lot of money and they do well, but they don't have the fame. Got it. Did you have the money with the fame or were you living beyond kind of financial? What, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because a lot of people think just because someone's on TV, they got a boatload of money and exactly. that's not always the case. Exactly. I love it. Great, great, great question. So the influence aspect, then you have the affluence aspect, uh, but influence, it feels like 
in a way it sort of turns into where you can profit and make money. But a lot of times the people that I met in LA that have millions of followers was ba ba barely making it through the week, you know, mm -hmm. and these influencers go out there for the sole purpose of that next big opportunity. And a lot of it what came from out of this uh, mentality to fake it till you make it type thing, you know, and we do it for a long time. I was a part of that. Like I wasn't making the type of money that, you know, anyone around me in Hollywood in these parties that was, you know, I was just like a very low, like guy coming up style thing. And at the end of the day, you know, my affluence didn't match up to my influence. And uh, what one thing I did know though, is that you try to get around circles with people who had affluence and you become one of their you know, sort of mouthpieces on social media. So that was, I always went into meetings in, 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 in clubs and in bars and parties looking for that one guy who had the money, but didn't have the, so it gave me agenda towards people immediately when I walk into places okay. because I knew that dude had the money. So I'm going after that guy. It was sort of like I was some type of dude looking for, yeah, a girl looking for some guy or something. But, that's true. It, that's how it happened. So you were picking up. You like were going honey, and picking like up. Like a honey mommy. <laughs> yeah, or whatever you call well, it. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, let's, let's say you, you, you had a skill, you had a talent, and you knew in the world we're in that it was something that could match up to some people. Yeah. Which is good, which is real good. So, well, I, I appreciate you saying that because I, I, have this, I have this theory that we all have idols that we have to wrestle with. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, I don't know if that's what the Apostle Paul was talking about, the thorn in his side, but we always always have stuff. Mine was yeah. a pursuit of success that was probably different than yours. Mine was in the business realm. It was chasing after money and business and starting up and the adrenaline of startup mm. companies and businesses and things. And oh. sounds like yours was in, you know, college, military, the Hollywood scene. Yeah. So here's the thing. This is, I, I, I hope this is a good question. I think it is. I don't think that the Lord makes mistakes when he creates some of our talents and skills. So you've got some talents and skills in, well, in your college, military, Hollywood. There were some things that you, when you came to your relationship with Christ, had to leave behind. Yeah. But there's some things that you pulled from those experiences that you needed to take into this world you're in now. What are the For things sure. that you needed to pull in that you, if you had not been in the military, you would not be able to do this right now. If you had not been a college athlete, this would not happen. Can you, have you pulled yeah. some of those things up to this current place you're in? For sure. I needed the discipline of the military uh, that sort of, you know, spurred me on to this legalistic sort of route, making sure I had all my things together. It's, it's really performance-based, but I needed to know certain aspects of that so I wouldn't, quote unquote, you know, it helped me to see the even beauty of the gospel even more, you know, understand grace even more. And But it also helps me in my spiritual disciplines, like not in a legalistic way, but when I need time with the Lord today, I truly need time with the Lord today and I got to set that up or when I need to, uh, you know, out of a place of not duty, but devotion, get into the word of God. I have that discipline that's already sort of make, made up in the, you know, as an athlete and as a military guy. So I think I brought those over, but also God's placed me 
strategically, yet specifically in certain places with different people from all over the world in the military. So I can sort of be like what Paul said, I become like all things to all men that I may win some. So I know what it looks like to go and sit, you know, with, you know, Hispanic, you know, the Hispanic Puerto Rican, uh, you know, all all different types of folks from all walks of life, the city boy, the country boy, you know, the, the, the college girl, the uh, commander, you know, I was a lieutenant. So I know how to get with people from all walks of life. And, and by the grace of God, I can relate to them. And I'm thankful for that because now I can use it for the gospel and be a fisher of men right. you know, in that way as well and relate to them. So that's what I pretty much take from those. You know, Rashawn, that brings up a great point that it is nowhere in my notes so let's just call this the Holy Spirit. Okay, amen, brother. We are in a time that division is at an all-time high. Mm -hmm. The world is, you know, depending on when people listen, there's been a pandemic or there's still a pandemic or whatever. You know, there's all, kind of, all kind of stuff going on. And, and there's a real issue that that has bubbled up in you know mid part of 2020 that's been around for a long time and that's the the issue of race and there's been a lot of discussion about that yeah. i i believe that i would be remiss if you and i if i just didn't even if, if i just didn't ask you to say hey what are your thoughts what can you say about it and i would hope that anyone sitting here looking at this was would go oh look there's not as much division out there. I, I would hope that I, I could be a little naive on my part. Yeah, you could go as deep or whatever as you want. But what can we do? What can we do to help those situations? Love that. Great question. And I, I've been wanting to speak into this a little bit more and be go. more uh, verbal. It's very messy. You know, we live in a time where it's it's extremely messy it goes back to the human heart so i think it goes back to hey it's not a skin problem it's a sin problem for sure uh and but i do want to have ears to hear those who are affected on any side and i want to be able to sort of i think the greatest way we can love our neighbor is being like christ and also i won't i don't want to say quietly hiding hiding behind the cross but but standing up for what what we don't necessarily see comfortable in speaking about. So I just think we need to be bold in this hour. Like he said, the righteous are bold as lions. So speak up, but also have that compassion to hear, um, you know, the perspective, even if it's not true, definitely don't sort of, you know, don't don't compromise your conviction for the sake of trends and, and things that are a falsehood but but try to get an understanding and i think out of all that i get in solomon said get an understanding and i think that's so important in this hour and find a way to still honor people you don't agree with and and pray for them and love them uh those who are even against you in the message of the cross but it goes back to him man i'm just trying to be gospel saturated uh, but but still understand, like, I know a lot of people have been saying this, Brother Tim. A lot of people have been saying, like, I don't see skin color and things like that. I don't see white or black. But I think it's so important that we see the skin color because everyone's unique for a purpose. There's a reason 
But remember, at the end of the day, we should see everything is good that God made and everything's beautiful. We're made in the image of God. See deeper than that, but see it, but acknowledge it and but see deeper than that. I think it goes so much deeper than what we yeah it goes I back mean, to the center, the heart the human I, heart yeah i don't oh. I, you know that yeah I, i've heard people and i i think what's happening rashawn is i think this is such a complex yeah issue. i think people are trying to explain it off easily like you know whatever i don't i don't see skin color i do yeah it's beautiful yeah. i've traveled all over the world and let me just tell yeah. you I'm just a white guy, and there's some beautiful skin <laughs> colors out there. So true. I Me mean, too. You, you know, brown you go to, yeah, you, you got the brown going. I got the little bit of the, what, red something happening here. I don't know. And, <laughs> and you know, I've been to India, and they've got a darker brown. I mean, it's beautiful. Color is beautiful. And to me, yes. that was a part of the creation and where people, you know, settled and things like that. But, but you're right. It's the heart issue. But since you're yeah. the guy that's wanting to make love go viral, how mm. do we get through to those hearts when there is so much ugly noise out there? And I'm about to get to more social media questions for you. How do we okay. do it on some of these platforms where they are some of the ugliest places to be in the first place? I love it. So one, be be covered, be covered in prayer. Be covered in prayer. Number one, I know, like whatever you don't cover in prayer is vulnerable. And I think a lot of times that I went on sort of social media and I sort of went on in, with my mind not on the things of God, on the things of Christ. I sort of am provoked a lot of time to get into those little circles and, and talk the way I want to talk. But if we go back to the mission, the mission is to know God, uh, to be known by him and to make him known. And if that isn't our chief objective, we're, we're doing something wrong and we're, we're shifting away. I, and, and I don't want to get too much caught up on, you know, wrong and right and this and that. But to be real, if we're going to truly be followers of Christ, we need uh to allow the lord to to use us and be led by the spirit and not by our own you know our own selves yeah, so I, in our own feelings in our emotions I mean, truth I, over i'll ask myself yeah. this question at times i mean listen i grew up in the deep south i grew up yeah you know in places that there is a lot of i call them bigots but you know race there's a lot of issues there and i'll i'll ask myself these questions all the time and i'll do it in my quiet time say lord mm. is there something that i have that i need to get rid of yeah that's good and and that's good too. and and you know i'm i don't know that any of us are there but maybe i'll ask one more question we'll kind of move on from this because this is something getting information and getting you were on a buddy of mine's podcast neil uh neil's other people's shoes i think weren't you oh yeah neil he's amazing yeah yeah he's a cool guy so neil neil's awesome but but i, I like to to i'm going to kind of steal from him here i would like to know is there anything that uh that someone like you would need to tell a middle-aged white guy to understand better something 
I mean, listen, I get it's a hard issue. I know that. I don't know what it's like yeah. to drive down and get pulled over or anything like that and have fear about it. We hear about that. I don't know how accurate yeah. that is. I just, I have, I struggle with the information we're getting, truthfully. And uh, yeah. it just seems like a lot of weird stuff. So one more comment on that, and then we'll jump off to some other things. Yeah, so I, I, I love love that question. And um, I, okay. I would tell him or her or whoever the same thing I would tell myself. Um, I need to be, again, we talked about this heightened. I need to have a heightened awareness of my own frailty first, Mm. but I do want to say this. I do want to say this from my experiences. I was gunned down, shot down by a a black man in my community. Mm. Now I've been literally, me and my brother and several of us had guns pointed on us my graduation night by four police officers Hmm. but i was gunned down by a black man so i don't necessarily think there's a problem and they had they had it was just the reason they put their guns out that night but yeah uh, yeah it was just crazy bro between the two of those i've i've experienced both uh, but thankfully I wasn't shot and killed that night, but I was in a car. I'll just share, share the story real quick, okay, but great. we're finishing out our graduation party, uh, at this young lady's house. She was a cheerleader, very popular, you know, sort of spot. Everyone in the school, it felt was there that night, uh, really fun night, but we were literally leaving there and we we're driving off and we had a head or tail light out or something. And we finally get about you know, three blocks away, uh, this cop, this light turns on and we had alcohol in the back seat. We had a guy who was drunk in the front seat uh, that was actually driving. Um, and literally it was just, wow. Cause we had like three girls in the back seat, four guys. It was just a lot of us in the car, but needless to say, the cop comes up and he just tells us, you know, just to stay put on the little mic and, two other cops show up maybe two minutes later and then they jump out they're walking up towards us you got two on this side two on the right side two left two right and then as they get close to the car they got their flashlights beaming in and they see there are so many people in the car but here's what we didn't it was so foolish they looked down and in that back pouch behind the seat there was a, a a pistol but it was a bb gun that we were all playing around with initially, you know, sometime around 4th of July. I remember buying it. It was around 4th of July, but um, yeah, they put out all their pistols. They drew guns. It was the scariest thing ever, you know, because I thought it was after I got shot. So I thought I was dead again. I thought I was getting shot again, but uh, needless, needless to say, it was a wake up call. They had every right to do that. We were drunk. And, you know, a lot of us were drunk that night and we had pistol, a, a, a little BB gun pistol. But that was the circumstance. But now the other one, I was shot down, basically almost killed by a black man. So there is, it's crazy little experiences that I've seen throughout my life that, um, yeah, that I wrestle with personally. But, yeah, I, I can't necessarily see it how everyone else sees it. I was actually a, on the sheriff's office as well. I worked as a, as a sheriff. Uh, deputy 
you know, not a deputy, but a detention officer. I was going the route of a deputy, but ah, yeah, so, so that's where I was. Bro. So you got some skills in that area too. Well, it yeah. it's a big issue. And listen, I want to circle back because what you actually said was that heart piece is yeah. probably that secret there. And listen, we're in a, we're in a, we're, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. And I think if you were to encourage anybody and I would just pile on here, is that heart is what we all have yeah. to work at. Because, and you, correct me if I'm wrong here, because I don't want to oversimplify this. This this is something where people say you don't understand. But to me, if you start getting that heart right and you start connecting with the Father, that's what I, a term I Come use on, a lot. Bro. It's hard to be a victim-minded person when that is happening. Yes or no? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Because if you're truly connected with Christ, uh, you you quit living from the standpoint that position of being a victim and now you know you're a victor you're more than a conqueror through him who loved you and you know in Romans 8 31 it's true it's true what he says about you he who the sun sets free is free indeed you don't have to live how you always live out of a place of victimization so yeah that's good man I love Romans Romans 8 28 is one I dig man nice all things for good come on for those. come on brother all right now <laughs> we're starting to preach here let's talk a little business and then we're going to talk about your book as we wrap up here because i want to i want to hear okay. some more about this book i want you to tell the listener and me by the way how someone goes from and maybe it maybe it was a transition i don't know if it was all overnight or whatever but how they go from hype man to some of the things you did to having over 20 million followers on the social media platforms and i would love it if you could give us some tangible teaching and some encouragement here because there are a lot of people that have a message that they would love to share that message but they are just struggling with getting it out beyond their 25 people that follow their posts and yeah. sometimes argue with them about their politics <laughs> Love you. <laughs> well, I'll tell, man, I love it, bro. I'll tell you the, the, my true deep, like, I believe none of it hit me to almost do that. But the way I got started for you getting started, maybe you have two, 3,000 uh, followers and you are only seeing 25 likes, three. Like, uh, show up every day, be available and serve, come in to serve people and meet them where they are. And also take this, if you don't take anything from this segment, seg our segment or this part of the, the, the conversation, content is king, but consistency is key. Content mm. is king, but consistency is key. Like so important to, you know, show up with something that will add value to the people, but do it on a consistent basis. Uh, like, you know, I thought you had to have it sort of all together and worked out at first but then i just started posting my faith i started sharing the true story like who is rashawn and you know why gives give us some application and, and things like that and it, it literally just helps so many people and there's some strategy behind it like there's groups and different platforms you can sort of go in and share your content to and there's also partnerships. You need the network. That's the most important thing is a people, people bit business. It's not about, you know, just your own little, you know, your own little kingdom you're building yourself, but go along somebody and 
feed into their castle, you know, see how that you can serve them and then build a network. And that's what, like, I get no credit from, for any of the platforms I've built. It's always been someone come alongside me and someone else come alongside me and someone else come alongside me. And even me outsourcing to the Philippines, getting 10 to 17 people on my team and, and then allowing them to use their giftings, their talents uh, to, to share, you know, encouragement with the world and their perspective and it will never fail at that point once you yeah you got to be kingdom minded jesus was the greatest at that like yeah it's yeah so. so so it's a it's a new twist on sending them out two by two or sending out the, yes. the disciples into the town huh exactly exactly bro and um I think that's important. Of course, there's systems, though, that you can have in place. Like for Facebook, if you're looking to grow, there's a thing called Inviter. If you have a Facebook public figure page, you can allow, um, you know, this Google Chrome to be attached to your Facebook page and turn on this thing called Inviter, and it will invite everyone who's ever liked your post, comment on your post, shared your post, all this, you know, and it just slowly grows your page. But, you know, outside the numbers and everything i'm just so grateful that uh man it reaches people and the shareability factor if you touch them it's going to touch their cousin they're going to tag their cousin or their friend and it just goes from there but i think it's so important to be real over right on social as well sure just make sure you're being real too i like that because if people can see through the, the fluff you know so one thing that's interesting you know there are a lot of people that their followers or their social media presence defines them. Yeah. It's kind of how they measure success. But I'm, yeah. I'm picking up from you that it's kind of like, it's cool, it's good, but it doesn't necessarily define you. Now, I know you use it to do the things you do. Yeah, for sure. So talk a little bit about that because social media is like a drug for many people and it can become that idol that oh, we yeah. talked about earlier. So just talk a little bit about that as we transition to, we're about to talk about this book of yours before we uh, finish up here. So. Love it. Awesome, bro. So yeah, I was actually just talking to an uh, author. His name's John Mark Comer. Uh, he wrote this book called The uh, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I was talking to him yesterday and I began to share with him, dude, an idol, a god, one of the gods of my heart right now is potentially my cell phone because literally it is that resource that I'm beginning to think is my source every single day. Mm. And it's, um, it's, I'm getting to the point where I'm wanting to wake up and pick it up. I'm getting to the point where it goes to the restroom with me. I'm getting to the point where like it's everywhere with me. And he began to share with me a few things, practical things I could like really began to, you know, one, help God to purge this little desire out of my heart. But what was amazing about it is um, when I get things in a proper perspective, there is an aspect that I know it feels like some of my livelihood is on there because if everything is stripped tomorrow, like a lot of people had been affected by their brick and mortar buildings and their, their businesses being stripped, dude, I don't, I don't know. I'm just going to have to trust God, but I have to remember, I can't attach my identity to it. You know, even when I go to post, it's an audience of one. 
you know, I'm his son, and I got to remember, what did he tell Jesus right when he was, as he was about to begin ministry? You know, before he did anything, before he was, you know, went through the, the, the wilderness, and before he got sent down, launched into ministry, he said this, my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. Like, he, he didn't do anything yet. Like, then that's where we all should be. Like, we should all draw our identity from the Father, audience of one, not fighting for applause, not protecting myself from critique of other people, but audience of one. Yeah. My son, I'm pleased. Yeah. I'm pleased with you because of the son, Jesus. Yeah, that's us. good. That's good. Rashawn, how do you define success? What is success for you? Love it. Tim, knowing God, loving God, and obeying God. In that simple way, knowing Damn. him more, loving him more, and obeying him. I just I just celebrated my wife's and our anniversary here yesterday. It was a great night. But I just came to this realization that when I first met with my wife, I don't no way near love her as much as I do now because I know her more. The more we know God, the more we love him. And that's when we're going to be that grace-filled Christian that wants to obey him more. Yeah, that's And that's good. what I want to be more like. That's good so. intimacy right there. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and I want to, one more thing I forgot earlier is that phone thing is interesting. I've been playing around with some stuff too. And yeah. I actually leave my phone behind from time to time. And I've got no sounds or notifications on it, which my wife isn't Beautiful. always, she's not always super excited about it. But uh, but we've kind of gotten to to where we will charge all our devices, not in the bedroom. Uh, you know, we do it outside. Love and that. so and so, you know, there's we don't have to get into details here, but there's other stuff that needs to be done in the bedroom, not hanging out on your phone or watching TV. Yeah. That's my opinion. And uh, sometimes I'll read some books or something like that. So I don't want to be, you know, you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> Love so, it. Love so it. Good. And, and, you know, but that that's something that our world we're facing right now is that we we're attached. We've got these devices that are with us all the time and I am practicing not doing it. Sounds like you're doing the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, that's my very thing. I want to fast from my phone as soon as I can. Soon, well, my publisher won't like that that much because I'm getting towards the end of the you know book launch time. So, but I'm getting close. <laughs> so, so let's talk about the book here. Start where you are is the name of it, and the first thing that I want to ask you about is I'm going to give you a little bit of an opportunity to, we won't call it boast or brag. But yeah. when I went, I was looking at all these endorsements and I was blown away. I didn't even, I mean, I was going to like cut and paste some into my notes, but I just kind of said, you know what? I'm just going to ask him to talk yeah. about how that happened. And maybe I know you don't have favorites, but some of the endorsements that really, this is a term I like to use, nourish your soul. What are, wow. what are some of those endorsements? Talk to us about the endorsements. And then I'm going to ask you about specifics of the book. So let's talk about endorsements first. Love it. Love it, man. Well, I'm so grateful um, that, that you noticed that one, but also that you shed light. You're the first one ever shed light on some of the people who well, had the goal and, you know, are the audacity to jump in and help me out, you know, on, and endorse, you know, the story and what God laid on my heart. So I'm so thankful for that. And I'm humbled by it. So, uh, with that being said, yeah, I got, you know, one that I'm so thankful for, I would guess, well, there's several, but one, I love Manny Pacquiao. He wrote the four and, 
he's been an amazing man of God. Me and my wife have been drawn uh, sort of to the Philippines. We've got called there to be an evangelist missionaries uh, right there on the island that he was from, the southern island, Mindanao. And um, yeah, he just deeply impacted us from, you know, one, the influence of that we have in those circles out there that share how his story and his testimony and his life. So but number two, uh, Greg Laurie was another big one that I was just so grateful for because just his heart for, for the gospel, but also for people and that for the for them to hear the message. Uh, that's the same sort of passion as still I have to get the message out there. And he was able to just really endorse my story. I've been with him several times by the grace of God and through relationships to be able to meet with him in person and get to know him a bit. And that was amazing. Now, Eric Metaxas is another one I really thoroughly enjoy because he is just, um, I love, you know, one, he's just this articulate guy who wrote the Bonhoeffer and all these other amazing masterpieces. And uh, he just has a way of, that is so unique on approaching the gospel and the text. So I love it. And then uh, I have others like Emily P. Freeman, Bobby uh, Grunewald, who is the founder of um, version and mm -hmm. several others that are on there, but I'm grateful for every single one of them, dude. They all have impacted me in one way or another. I actually went to Israel with Emily P. Freeman, who uh, is the founder of Hope Writers, and she has a ton of other books out there in the world that are impacting people, women all over the world. And yeah, there's just so many, but did any of them stick out to you the most? Like, Man. like I, I love this person or that person. One or? of the things that was interesting to me that seemed like it was, I don't know, an anomaly, you know, one is like, Ooh, I didn't yeah. see that one coming was Manny, you know, Manny Pacquiao, you know, the, the boxer, yeah. some people don't even yeah. know maybe who we're saying, but I mean, this guy, you know, pound for pound was one of the toughest boxers that True. were out there, a fighter, but a man of faith and yes. really a hero in his country. Now, he was yeah. sometimes, you know, stateside kind of presented as as the other guy because he fought. Who did he who did he go against? Was it? Um, he he's been against a lot like Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. also fought against. Uh, uh, what's his name? Floyd Money Mayweather. Mayweather. And, and, Mayweather's the one yeah. that they kind of went at it, and they had some high dollar fights. And and Floyd, you know, can he has the ability to 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 bring all the air out of the room. And so Manny was like this quiet yeah. fighter outside. So that one was really cool. I I thought all of them were awesome and also. So thanks for sharing that. I appreciate. I appreciate Definitely, hearing brother. people. I, I think it adds a layer of humility for us to be able to share people that speak highly ab about us. Do you? Yeah, for sure. Because I think it, it's amazing one to see the things that they've done and amazing things that's happening. But I think it's humbling and it displays humility because it leaves you in awe of what God can do and what he has done in your life personally. So that's what, that's where I come from with it, brother. That's good. Like, so. wow. Like how is, how, who am I? Like, who am I? Like, I am nobody. Yeah. Well, it's let's, crazy. let's talk about this book, which is start where you are. And I want to read, yeah. I want to read a description that, that we pulled from somewhere. I can't recall, but it says, I started with being sexually abused at age 11. 
Yeah. I started with being shot down at age 17, left for dead. We discussed that earlier. I started with being addicted to sex, money, porn, and fame. I started with anxiety, depression, and a whole lot of pride. God met me there. What do you want to yeah. tell? What do you want to tell us about any of those statements? We've kind of talked a little about the being left for dead, maybe a little bit about the fame part, but anything yeah. else, you know, sexually abused, man, that's, that's rough. Anxiety, depression, just tell us, tell us, peel some of that back for us. I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful that, um, one, we're not too broken uh, for God to fix. We're not too dirty for God to cleanse. We're not too unworthy for God to love. For some reason, you know, God used, just like you said, brother, in Romans 8, 28, he used every single thing for the good of those who love him and that are called according to his purpose. And like Job says, he uses the evil for good. Like, I'm so grateful for that because one, when I was in fourth grade, that English teacher, uh, you know, stole something from me. You know, that 11th grade, you know, something was stolen from me when I was 11 and I was sexually abused, when I was gunned down, all these things. When I was going through the deepest, darkest moment of my life and struggling with depression, all this stuff really proved how how truly desperately I needed, I needed God to rewrite my story and change me. And I'm so thankful, like whoever's listening out there, no one needs a clean to clean themselves up before they come to God. And that's my message, man. That's all I'm simply saying, because this love is, is available for you right where you are, but his love changes you when you come and, and you truly see it for what it is. And he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So whoever believes will never perish, but have everlasting life. But his love is found in his son. When we truly go to him, acknowledge that, acknowledge who we're not and who we need, it changes everything. So that's what I would encourage someone out there with today, bro. Like I needed, I needed to be met where I was. Yeah, that's, that's good. So what was the, what was the catalyst for this book? Is it something you've been, I know, cause you've written other books and other things also, but what was, what was the reason for this book at this time? Because I think it's fairly significant. My guess is, is you started on this book before, March yeah. when the world changed. Definitely. So to me, it tells me the Lord was preparing something for you to get this out during this time. Yes or no? Yes. First, it felt like, it felt like, um, I wanted to write something that wasn't just about me memorializing sort of my life, but I really truly wanted it to be your life, Tim. I wanted it to be the listener's life. I wanted it to be all of our lives because when I read scripture, it was exactly their life. You know, God had to meet them right where they were. If you look at Apostle Paul, again, he was on the road to Damascus looking to slaughter Christians. And God did not just keep him where he was, but he met him right there, not to keep him there, but to love him through it and lead him out of it. But Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? You know, and then immediately he sees the glory of God. He goes blind. But when he could see, he went blind, but he could see again. When he could see the truth and what he was doing, how he was in his mess and he, how he was loving it, he, he realized that and he 
surrendered himself to a holy and a loving God that transformed him from the inside out. Now he went off to preach the gospel to a broken, dying world, which we still are reaping the benefits of his faithful service. And I'm so grateful for that. And and look at the Samaritan woman. Just all those scriptures are the Bible. He's meeting people where they are, yeah. not where they pretend to be. Yeah. So that was so. So how long did you prepare for this book? I mean, I get, I just finished writing a novel that's kind of a fable, oh, nice. which is kind of cool and all, but, uh, but I know what uh, some of the process is. So what was that process like? And was it something where it was just birthed and you sat down and bam, there was a book. Was there a long gestation period? What, just give us a little bit of that. Love it, Tim. So that writing process, although it was, very uh i loved it i enjoyed it but it was painful because i had to go back to the memories of my past that crippled me which then again crippled me with doubt like you can't do this for sean do you remember what your teacher said your grammar is terrible but if i understood you know in those moments clearly like god was telling me i have a greater story than the grammar problems that I had in seventh grade. Like there's a story, don't worry about the grammar. I have a story I wanna share through you. And it's the story of my son, Jesus. Uh, but also I had a message, um, but I feared the process. I feared it. Hmm. You know, I hear all these stories and how many people, you know, started a book, but didn't finish a book. You know, you, you hear that all, go listen to a couple of writing podcasts. You'll hear it all over the place. So I was struggling with that, but I needed to truly come to grips that if I, to share my opportunity, I needed to share the obstacle. To mm -hmm. share the, my testimony, I needed to share the test. To share the message, I needed to share my mess. You know, I had to come to grips that this isn't about me. Get over yourself, die, Rashawn, so that you can live, so Christ can live through you, man. And it came back down to that. But the process was amazing, though, because now I can give it to my children's children. So I'm excited about that. I know you're pumped about that, too, yeah, that it'll live on longer than you, Brother Tim. That's so. a good legacy. Yeah, that's good. So was there anything, and we're about to wrap here. I've got a couple things we'll finish up with. But was there anything therapeutic or that ministered to you during this process that you can share Obviously, you know, you hope that it does that and it will do that for people that read it. But you said you had to visit some memories and things along yeah. the way. How were you different today than you were when you started working on this book? Love that. Um, I would say, one, I had I had people alongside me. I had a friend who had tons of experience with writing and I call him basically uh, my literary therapist. He was really someone that come alongside to speak into the writing, but he was literally like my therapist. He's like, it's okay, go in, share it. Just put it on the paper, write it, brother, get it down. Like he was just encouraging me in that. And then he would give me simple reminders that there's someone uh, out there who needs to learn from you, but not only that, they need to be touched by you. And, and giving me these simple reminders. And I'm like, okay, let me do this. And that's what took basically the item, you know, or the idea that I had about the start where you are a book and turn it to an item. 
it itemized my idea, which is having someone near to me to really pour into me. So if you don't have a community, a writer or someone, a community to get around you while you're writing the book or processing through the book, I would highly encourage it because I don't think the book would be done if he didn't put a tribe around me. Yeah, that's very good. Well, I encourage people to get start where you are. And uh, why don't you go ahead? There you go right there. You can see it for those people watching. Get a little bit. Got it right behind yeah. it. Well, I'm going to go ahead and let you go ahead and share with us uh, how people can connect with you, where they can get the book, where they can go. Obviously, you're on social and you can let people know. We'll include things down in the notes, but just go ahead and verbally tell them uh, where they can go and when and and, uh, awesome. you know, we've got we've got a couple things going on here. Some people are going to be seeing this via, you know, the Facebook Live. So they might be seeing it early like now. And then the podcast probably won't be released till October. So people could be listening to this all ends of the spectrum. So just keep that in mind. But how can people connect with you? I would uh, just say the simplest place. Just go here. Start where you are book dot com. That links you to all my social medias, and also you can check out the book and grab it if you, you know, just need to be met where you are, truly and authentically, and experience the grace of God to become a grace-driven Christian. Come on now. Yeah, there you go. And it's okay to say, get about twenty-five copies and give it to all your Woo! friends. Can people do that? Yes, <laughs> yes, please. That would be amazing. Go grab you a few. I think you can I think... find the launch. I think book, yeah. books as gifts are some of the best thing there. So go ahead and just get a boatload of them and, uh, and just gift them to people because that's, that's what people really need to do. So Rashawn, we could, yeah. you and I, I know this, we could get together and we could talk for hours and enjoy it. However, we need to stop here shortly. So, so what, what I yeah. would love for you to tell us here is just what's next for you? What are you excited about? What's coming up? You got the book, but anything else that you want to share with the audience before we finish up with one last question? Love it. I've, absolutely, bro. Tim, uh, I want to get you on my show too when your book comes out. So make sure you, let's set that up. I uh, uh, can't wait for that. So what I truly want to do from here, I want to become the best dad in the world. I want to become the best husband in the world. I, I just want to, be, I mean, from the standpoint of all God's grace, you know, working itself out through me, but I just want to grow from the inside and then move it outside even more. And that's my heart and hope is that I will literally be, stay at the feet of Jesus. Don't try to work for acceptance, but from it and just be that son. That's what I truly want to do and be. And, but from here, I guess, uh, I just want, yeah, the grace of God to spill out into the world. So, yeah, that's where I'm at, bro. It's really simple. Yeah. That's good. I love that, being the best dad, because truthfully, being the best dad means that we point them to the Christ. Ultimate. Best dad. dad. Wow. <laughs> right? That, that will preach. You could, that was so nice. You could say that twice. Uh, okay. We will point them to the ultimate dad so anyway hey uh rashawn we are seek go create those three words which one of those words jumps out at you and why oh out of those words three words yeah give me one word and tell me why seek go and create which one 
which one do you really dig? Which one you go, ooh, I like that one word above the other two right now as he's asking? I would say, man, there's a part of me saying go, which I shouldn't be there. I need to slow down, but go is the season that I'm in right now. And it's probably not that good, but go. I love that. I love that. Initiate. Don't wait. Wow, that was such a great episode. Thank you so much for listening. I know that you enjoyed that. I so enjoyed that conversation. Rashawn is definitely someone who is redefining success in so many areas, but definitely in leadership and business and ministry. And he just really emphasized what we're all about here at Seat Go Create. Again, I, I thank you for listening. And what I'd love for you to do is to kind of get prepared for our next episode. Let me just tell you what we've got in the next episode. We have someone that has sold over 500 million books. And we actually have Mark Victor Hansen and his wife, Crystal. And Mark Victor Hansen is one of the ones that wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. He's got a new book out. So you do not want to miss this episode. It was fantastic. They've got a new book out that they're that they worked on together. You want to hear about it. So make sure you subscribe so that you can get prepared and ready for the next episode that's coming out next week. And just one last thing is make sure as soon as this ends that you go to seekgocreate.com. That's seekgocreate.com. And just put your email address in there so that you can participate in all of our giveaways and the festivities for the one-year anniversary of Seek Go Create. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all that you're doing. We appreciate you greatly. And we look forward to speaking with you on the next episode of Seek Go Create create.